Well, at your house, do you have the, uh, you know, a set of dishes and plates that you have for every day? You know, they're sort of the everyday ones. And then somewhere else sort of put away that's sort of carefully kept, you have the um, ones for special occasions. Who has that? Who has sort of the everyday dishes and if they get a bit damaged, it's okay, but the good set's put away. Ours are so carefully put away that we hardly ever get it out. It's probably been only used about five times in 32 years. So it's really, really... Thank you. It's a really good set. What about uh, your clothes? Do you have the ones that you... um, you know, your clothes that you have for every day and um, maybe shoes or something and then you have those special outfits for the special occasions and you get them out for those special occasions. Is that right? You know, I was thinking about that and I was thinking, you know, sometimes that's how we approach Jesus. We sort of have a set of actions and behaviours for every day and that's sort of how we live that. And then Sunday comes along and we get out our worship and our God behaviour and uh, we, we get it all together for Sunday or maybe on special occasions such as Easter and Christmas. But I don't think that that sort of approach to our relationship with Jesus is going to let us experience what God really wants us to experience, which is an amazing life full of joy and hope. I mean, imagine only eating one day a week. You would be starving. You would be very irritable and feeling weak and in the end, malnourished. And we know that we need to eat every day to make sure that we have the strength to live the day that we're going to live so that we can be um, healthy and well. Or what about exercising? My favourite pastime. (laughs) Not. If only I could exercise at Easter and Christmas and be fit. I would be so happy, you know. Or even just once a week, that would be good. But sadly, it doesn't work that way. I really need to exercise every day if I want to be fit and healthy and well. And you know, I know that and I don't do it. And then I get disappointed that I'm not fit. And you say, well, Pam, what can you expect? And you know, sometimes we come to church on Sundays And then we leave and we get on with our lives and we're busy and, you know, and then maybe we give a brief thought to Jesus by a quick prayer or a a quick, you know, look up the YouVersion app and read the verse for the day and then sort of get on with our lives and then wonder why we're not fit to handle the things that come our way. We wonder why we're feeling weak. And I say, well, really, what can we expect? We have an incredible relationship available to us. A relationship with Jesus that will change our lives. And yet we miss out on it because we don't enjoy, make it available to ourselves every day. Well, today I'm here to tell you that if you really want to enjoy life to the full, if you want the best possible life that you could have, then I've got the key for you. And it's this. Life. Living in faith every day. Or let's shorten it to Jesus every day. That's the key for life. Now some people think that worship, which is a major part of our, our services on Sunday, is something that we just do on Sundays. But actually worship happens every day. 
Think about it. What do you give your time to? You're not willing to let it go no matter what. What or whom do you love so that no matter what or who that is, they're first and they will take your your soul attention? What won't you miss out on? Or what won't you give up? Well, if you answer those questions, that's what you worship. And I think that if we are lacking joy and a sense of fulfilment in our lives, if we're struggling and finding it difficult to get on with life, it's because we're worshipping the wrong thing. If we were to worship the living God who made himself known to us through the person of Jesus Christ, then we would find out what life is all about. And, you know, as we worship him and allow him to be the leader of our lives every day, he will take us in the best possible way because he is the way. He is truth. He is life. You see, because the primary purpose of worshipping God is to shift our focus from ourselves, from what we are doing to what he is doing, from what we haven't done to what he has done. And he gave everything. He died so that we could be set free. That's what he's done. To shift our focus away from ourselves to others and away from uncertainty to hope. So what worship does, worshiping God reorientates our lives. It recenters our life. And this is something that needs to happen every day, not just on Sundays. So for a moment, I just want you to look at a verse from the Old Testament where God told the Israelites how they should do this. It's from Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 6, and he says this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now this was a prayer that the Jews would read out twice a day to remind themselves of what they needed to do to worship God, to keep God in the right place. It was because they had to give their whole heart and mind and soul and strength, in fact, all of who they are. And you know, the Jews were so committed to this that they made a practice of reminding themselves by tying things to their forehead and to their hands so they wouldn't forget. Now you might think, well, that's a bit going a bit far. So in our busy lives, and, and it's so easy to get busy. I mean, I find this if, you know, Satan doesn't have to tempt me with anything else. He just makes me busy. And then I don't have time to get to listen, to be with God the way he wants me to be. So how do we remind ourselves? You know, when we're tying them to our foreheads, it's about our thinking. 
So how do we make sure that our thinking is centered on Christ? Tying to them hands is about what we do. How do we make sure that how we are using our hands, what we are doing, keeps us centered on Christ? And I think it helps us as we go along because it says that the topic of your conversation should be Jesus. At home, when you're out, when you wake up, when you go to bed. If you're talking about him, you're keeping him at the center. You'll be reminding yourselves of who he is, what he does, how he helps us, how he strengthens us. But if we're not talking about it, then we're going to forget about it. So let's talk about Jesus more. Let's share what Jesus is saying to us when we get up, when we go to bed, when we're with our friends, when we're at home with our family. And it does say, parents, tell your children about it. Talk to them about it. Help them to know so they grow up knowing Jesus, who he is, how he changes our life. And when you do this, then you'll go about your ordinary day, but he will make it extraordinary because that's who he is. Now, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want the extraordinary rather than the ordinary? Luke actually helps us to understand this more in the words of Jesus when he said, Jesus said this to the people, if you want to come with me, you must forget yourself, take up your cross every day and follow me. Now to forget yourself basically means to trust Jesus instead of yourself. Much better, I can assure you. It means to live each and every day out of a relationship with him. It means not falling back into selfish ways, where it's what I want, my way. The sort of ways that we're used to cling to, we sort of want to hold tightly to this I stuff. But standing in the freedom of Christ. He says to forget yourself, then to take up your cross every day. Now, some people say, why do I want to take up a cross? Well, I don't think Jesus here is talking about a cross being maybe sickness or difficulty in your life or um, pain, although that is part of your everyday life. What he's saying here is the cross is a decision to surrender your will to God. It's actually dying to self, coming alive in Christ. So we surrender our will to God. It's nothing more than that, nothing less, nothing else. That's what it is. But you know, if we don't make that decision every day, self rears its ugly head and before we know it, self is in control. You see, taking up the cross every day is about making a decision every day to hand our will over to God and to say, God, I want to do it your way. Show me your way. I want to do it your way. You see, we, make, we talk about making a decision for Christ and maybe you've done that where you've even come forward in a service and you've accepted Christ. And that is an incredible thing that has turned your life around and headed it in the right direction for eternity. But I'm not talking just about that decision. I'm talking about the decision of every day handing your will over to God so that self doesn't take back the controls because self is ready to grab it immediately you haven't surrendered it so if you take up your cross every day if you hand your will over to God every day then you are going to 
Walk in a relationship with him that brings you freedom. You think that when you surrender, you're losing your freedom, but you're not. You're actually gaining it. That's the difference. And I believe this is the point Luke is trying to make. That tr- This is the trusting life. It's an adventure. And it's good to remind ourselves every day that God is good and that he is with me and for me. He is with you. He is for you. And if we walk out of that every day, how can we fail? If we walk in that truth every day. You know, if we are conscious of God's presence in our life, I can assure you, you will soar like, eagle on, like being on eagle's wings. Now, I think, why would you want to waste one single day living any other way than that? But imagine what would happen if we all did this. If we all lived this way. Imagine if we didn't wait until Sunday to experience the presence of Jesus, the power of Jesus, but we experienced it every day. Imagine if miracles of healing didn't just happen in the prayer room after church when people prayed for you, but in response to our own prayers as we trusted God to be true to his word. Imagine if we walked so closely to Jesus that we knew every nuance of his voice and that his presence brought us such joy that we didn't get discouraged by our circumstances. Imagine if we didn't worry about our lives and the concerns of every day because we trusted Jesus to do what he said he would do and take care of them and us. Imagine if fear, doubt, uncertainty, confusion had no hold on us because we were held in the arms of Jesus and we know that there we are safe. Imagine if we were so captivated by Jesus that our passion for him became contagious and that as people met us, they saw Jesus in us and they couldn't resist him. Imagine if by spending time with Jesus every day, his compassionate heart so impacted our heart that people were drawn to us from impossible situations to experience love and hope and to find answers and acceptance. Church, these need not be imaginings. This is the way God intended us to live. And this year, I believe he's saying to us, North Lakes, don't miss out. Don't miss out on the abundant life that I have promised for you. Don't miss out on experiencing my power in your life, in every circumstance of your life, to have victory in every situation. Don't miss out on living out of this relationship with me every day so that you can enjoy my presence and experience my power and see my purpose fulfilled in your life. Because when we put Jesus at the centre of our lives, individually and as a church, every day, we will be blown away by what he will do. Because his resurrection power is at work in us who believe. Now, what we were just imagining, when I asked you to imagine, God actually said, if you take that, he said he will do 
above and beyond that. That's our God. He said he will do that. So as we imagine that, he's even going to do more than what we can imagine. And you say, Pam, that sounds impossible. Well, let me say this to you. In Philippians 4, 13, you can do everything God asks you to with the help of Christ who gives you strength and power. Ephesians 1, 19 to 20, how very great is his power at work in us who believe. This power working in us is as the same mighty strength that raised Christ from death and seated him at the right side with the heavenly Father. What sort of power is that that can raise a man from death? That's the power at work in us who believe. Galatians 2.20 You have been crucified with Christ and you yourself no longer live but Christ lives in you. And the real life you now have is a result of trusting in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. His grace took us, the wretches we were, and set us free. Gave us back our sight and put our feet on the path to life again. This morning, if you've not accepted Jesus' offer of a new life, of eternal life, then today is the day. He's reaching out to you. And all you need to do is to accept his offer of salvation. But perhaps you have accepted Jesus' offer of salvation. And you're sitting here this morning still feeling empty. Maybe even feeling alone. Because connecting with him on special occasions once or twice a year or even once a week, if our schedule's not too full, isn't enough. That's why you're feeling lost. That's why you're feeling discouraged. That's why you're feeling empty and you're struggling and maybe even drowning. And Jesus is reaching out to you and he's saying, all you need to do is accept my offer of abundant living, victory and purpose. You know, you can do that right now, right where you are. You can pray and you can accept what Jesus is offering to you. It's the best offer you'll ever get. It's an offer that is too good to refuse. And if you've fallen back into the place of resorting to your own self to make the way and and you're not making it, then he's saying, that's okay, that's okay. Here, take this. I'm offering you life in all its fullness, abundant life. As we make Jesus a part of our life every day, we're going to see changes, we're going to see transformation, we're going to see power in a way that we haven't seen it before. Because when we even make him part of our life just for a little bit, we see a taste of that. But he wants more than just a taste. He wants you to have the whole lot, everything. And so I say to you this morning, Are you willing to accept his incredible offer of grace?